Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Greetings, you lovesick perverts, and thank you for joining us here for another episode of Greetings, the Greeting Card Podcast. I am your trobic, trobic, cherubic love baby, Dan Conroy. And I am your trobic, I didn't make a mistake, co-host, Bobby O'Rourke. Listen, you can't catch us on the technicality of not being able to describe the winged baby that brings to you the love via the arrows, or its affection, or its lust, whatever the hell you're feeling these Valentine's days. We hope it's something that you enjoy. Bobby, what is the first emotion that the Valentine fat baby is providing to you on this time with all of its fatty rolls and its quiver full of things it shouldn't play with? A uh, violent empathy. I agree with you so much it hurts. <laughs> Who made a baby? So there must be some Greek or Roman mythology at play here. I'm sure there is because it's Eros, I, I think. But was the god of love in some iteration a fat baby? Or was that something that was also designed by the greeting card slash candy companies to sell confection? The one early because it's air you just said it it's eros in greek and cupid in roman oh it is cupid in roman yes i completely forgot it's cupid in roman and the earliest interpretation of that baby that i know of it's far from the actual earliest there are definitely way earlier personifications of that baby god but the one that i always think of is the statue of augustus the first emperor of rome and he's got that little fat baby right near his feet because for you ding dongs who might not know the i don't remember if that's the julio claudian line it's the same it line is as the julio claudian line and to me well fantastic he's always octavian to me i know some people you know like his later stuff but to me i enjoy the original albums he's octavian that's just the way i roll you're real you're real og with those first albums he's always i mean call it a billy joel song because he's always an octavian to me but the so augustus or octavian however you like to call him his line julio julio claudian they believed that they were directly descended from the line of cupid i don't know why cupid because out of all of the cool gods you could claim to descend yourself from to be a descendant of it feels like you chose sort of one of the lamer boys it's again an infant (laughs) with the ability to make you feel not even affection that is immediately like given back like like reciprocated you just feel a way towards somebody and a baby did that to you but i remember to kind of get back on topic that that particular interpretation of Cupid was a was a chonky boy was a real was a real chubster chubster whubster was a real roll machine was a real bakery because of those buns you got one for me Bobby? this isn't PC but I don't trust a skinny Cupid there I said it no and you know I know we're gonna break a few eggs to make an un-PC omelet here but I agree I don't want me you, you can't trust a skinny chef and you can't trust a skinny Cupid loves fat this year guys both PH and F and you got to enjoy it any way you wish. Where am I going with this? I just want to say you should use both hashtags because we don't know which one is going to take off, but surely one will. So hashtag P-H-A-T love or hashtag F-A-T love. Hashtag greetings. Hashtag valentines. Hashtag eros. 
Hashtag Cupid. Hashtag Julio Claudian line. Hashtag Octavian. Hashtag Augustus. Hashtag First Emperor. Hashtag. Hashtag Battle of Tudor Bird Wall. Hashtag yes, Pax Romana. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag Aqueducts. Aqueducts yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Garum, which I think we mentioned in the last podcast. What's interesting is that these past couple of episodes, Bobby, we obviously are, as of this recording, we are one day away from Valentine's Day. That's right. But. We've also decided that this is going to be the episodes where we speak on the Roman Empire. What is it that has connected us both with this holiday and the glory of the former Roman Legion Empire thingy? I think, is there any connection or are we just combining two things you and I like to talk about? I think it's unbridled passion, number one. You know, they're both holidays where you give in to your sensual urges. You, you go to your lover or lovers. You have a bowl of grapes, some oil of mostly mm. caster variety and you just you've cooked at least 20 dormice you cook dormice yeah and you just you put on your legionnaire's outfit and you just go into a german force and you just bathe each other until the jutes angles saxons one of, one of the tribes from the north comes down takes away your ninth legion and then you spend the rest of your emperorship hitting your head against the wall wishing you could take back that one thing it's a hell of a mistake to make but it is the only one he made and you think to yourself well at least we can enjoy some kissing before we die but no the romans actually made some laws against kissing back when herpes was spreading at a fast rate and they realized that that's one of the ways that it was spreading yeah that was hard to enforce i I, claudius had his work (laughs) cut out for him with that one there is praetorian guard was not very good at uh, keeping the tabs on that one keep him distracted with christians dying by lion and maybe that'll stop him from kissing that'll usually help him out the funny thing was the praetorian guard was often the ones who kissed the most they kissed each other the most and that really you know threw a wrinkle into the political optics of the time i mean everyone knows you know everyone's got a kissing praetorian but then that wasn't very popular because we all stopped doing service for the emperor but your cousin's right there so you can just change it to kissing cousins hashtag we also talk about kissing cousins this month because that's the second time we've brought that up and now i'm uncomfortable bobby let me ask you a question moving a little bit away from moving away from one of the empires of a different time that has crumbled and onto a different kind of empire an empire that we see with our eyes every goddamn day and we do nothing about despite the fact that it's not very good for us because of its sweet delicious chocolatey embrace that's right i am talking about the empire of valentine's day candy and specifically one of its lesser latifundias which is russell stover now bobby when you go to the same place where we procure these greeting cards you ever notice in the front there is a collection a consortium if you will of individually wrapped choco hearts that are made by Russell Stover in a variety of flavors. Yes, and just refresh my memory, the Russell Stovers are the ones that are filled with concoctions, or they are the solid chocolate, sort of unwrapped in tinfoil chocolate confectioners. Which ones are these again? They are the ones that are filled with a type of goop that is flavored a certain way for you to enjoy. I don't recall which chocolate companies i know off the top of my head probably like cadbury or hershey's or something like that but russell stover has made their name on this planet giving us what is i like to call and i forget where i got it from but it's basically gamble candy you have to essentially gamble as to what the flavor is unless you're smart enough to read the top of the box where the legend is but they do let a little bit of the treasure map get out of their hands with these individually wrapped hearts because right on the front of it, it tells you because you don't have to worry about Roman nougat or fudge brownie or some other garbage coming to your mouth. It is telling you exactly what it is on the front. And they're about a dollar and they're usually a cheap boy. And I find myself picking these up around the holiday because when you want something a little sweet, 
and you get it out of the convenience store, but you don't want to buy a whole box of chocolates because you're not that much of a choco perv, you definitely, this is a nice restriction, right? Have you ever caught yourself doing that, whether it be Valentine's Day or another holiday? There's like a single candy that you kind of pick up for yourself. I'm also, I will say as another example, a sucker for Cadbury cream eggs. That's another one of mine. That's right. Yeah, we, that that harkens back, I think, to like episode two or three, you, your love of Cadbury eggs. And I think I also mentioned the big one for me is, for whatever reason, the shaped Reese's cups are better than the normal ones. I don't know why. We often agree talk about the Christmas tree ones, the egg ones for Easter, which is really just a misshapen circle, let's be honest here. And then there's the heart <laughs> ones for Valentine's Day, which I like a lot too. And for Valentine's Day, is there another candy? I actually may never have had a Russell Stover's candy on purpose. I'm sure I've had one when they were offered to me, but I've never bought one before, so I don't know how they are in terms of candy for the holiday, how they rank next to the other ones. You never had even the like box of Russell Stover's with all the different flavors, not unlike a Whitman sampler or a Hershey's pot of gold or any of those? I must have, but I, I've never gotten the box and known it was the Russell Stover's candy. I'm sure oh, yeah. I've eaten it or been offered it and just had no idea. Someone just gave me candy in a van and I said, yeah, sure, I'll go with you. And then life continued on. It was a chocolate colored van and the guy did have a purple top hat. So I can't blame you for that one. That's, you know, where else are you going to get the good chocolate nowadays? We do live in a time of it's decadence, we could call it that, but also a time of where chocolate varieties got a lot better. And there was sort of a moving away from the dime store convenience store like Whitman samplers or Russell Stover's there was it it became less expensive to get like a Cadbury or even like another artisanal chocolate something along those lines so I definitely have gotten them and consumed them I think it was one of those things too where they made small ones so if someone was giving you a valentine from school that was not an uncommon one to get and I remember finding these ones and what interested me about them is that they create a variety of flavors because if nothing else, the way to get somebody like me into purchasing these things regularly is variety. And I think that's a big thing with American products. If you make a variety of them, like every flavor Dorito or every flavor Mountain Dew, I will be interested because my hummingbird brain just goes right to, well, what must that taste like? It overwhelms you. You know, it's it's one of the reasons why Variety Magazine is so successful, I think. You never know what you're going to get inside. There's a variety of things. Could be anything. John Cena tells me his five favorite ways to drink in the pool his favorite protein powders. I, I got to get that. <laughs> that sounds like a Variety article, right? It doesn't not sound Kombucho, like Kombucho. What is it? And what does it want with us? What is it and why is it in my house? I'm not mad. It's just I have work in the morning. Kombucha's work in the morning. But I was looking to see how many like wild flavors there were. And actually, to my disappointment, which is maybe a, not a good reason to even bring it up here, there's not as many varieties as I thought. We got our strawberry cream, which I think is the weirdest one of them. And then it goes right to like <laughs> dark chocolate marshmallow, raspberry cream, caramel, chocolate marshmallow heart. I I feel like there's got to be something because now it's all about risks, right? It's all about challenges of how bad something <laughs> Fear is. Fear factor, the games of what, what chocolate do you want to bite into and see what's inside. Exactly. We got to make this a worse experience for people when they purchase it. So my first thought is, I forget the name of it right now, the One Chip Challenge. What's it called? I feel like... The One Chip Challenge. I may not be familiar you, with Have this. you heard of that? No. It is... Yes, it's... I'm going to say this incorrectly. It's P-A-Q-U-I. It's Pakwi or Paki. And I think it's Pakwi. And this was really big a little while ago, but it was, it's essentially one chip, one tortilla chip, 
that you get seasoned in a package and you can usually buy them at stores or order it online but it is just drenched to the gills in i think the combination nowadays is carolina reaper pepper and scorpion pepper now carolina reaper is the spiciest i believe as of right now i feel like every five years they come up with a new nightmare pepper there's like say what you want about genetic engineering but it does create these cool little challenges for us so so far carolina reaper is still the most spicy but then scorpion is like number four or five so it will still melt your skin make no mistake and they combine the two and the whole thing is try to eat the whole ship without throwing up or something i don't know you, you i'm saying it out loud <laughs> this is think, decadent. Well, that this be- is the decadence you're talking about this is us literally saying i know this will hurt but it, it it doesn't even feel good it's beyond decadence this is pure self-destruction more than anything else it's one thing to go to the vomitorium which we don't know if those even existed and throwing up everything you've consumed but now this is even worse you're not even having a good time at any stage during this you didn't even start having fun at least in the vomitoriums you felt full for a minute now what is even this so i've never tried it before I'm not good with spicy food. I wouldn't do good with this chip. Are you not a spicy food guy? And that's not uh, Valentine's Day generally also not a spicy food holiday for most humans, I would think. I like spicy food. I'm just not good at it. Mm. It's one of those things where I enjoy challenging myself to a certain degree. I don't like hurting myself. There's a kind of person who's bad at spicy and is like, I want it until my eyes start to bleed. And I'm not like that really. But I do like flexing the muscle of, okay, I did... When I go to a Thai restaurant, I was at number two earlier. Let's see if I can do number three. Mm. And turns out my nose starts to run and I can't. But I'm glad that I tried. So I like challenging myself with spicy food, but admittedly, I'm very poor at it. And you said you yourself are not good at it either? I do like spicy food, but I have the same reaction to you of people who sort of want to prove their worth by destroying their taste buds. And that never has sat exactly right with me. I also appreciate how the pepper industry is being pretty upfront. You know, they have these peppers, like you said, Carolina Reaper, The Widowmaker, you know, um, <laughs> uh, Children's Lament. You know, they're not lying to you about what's going to happen to you and your loved ones after <laughs> you have this. Death by bullet wound. <laughs> <laughs> cardiac arrest is one of my favorite. If you've never had a New Mexican cardiac arrest, that's an amazing pepper. It's like a, a jalapeno got buff. Didn't forget about leg dig. Edge of experience for a hell. Ra- there was a Hellraiser pepper briefly called the Edge of Experience, and that one just opened up a puzzle box into untold horrors. That was pretty good. I didn't necessarily like the Pinhead, which was a genetically modified, different version of that Hellraiser mm. pepper, and that one just causes a lot of spiky flavor right on your tongue. But it is cool because if you keep chewing it, then it feels like a bunch of hooks are going into your skin all over your body. But if you chew it for long enough. Sorry, I thought there was more to that sentence I was reading. No, that's it. That's what the package says. That's if you chew it long enough and then it stops. That's all right. We don't have enough pauses here. We got to have moments of reflection and meditation here on the podcast. We do. It's kind of like when, because now I live near a mall, Bragg, and there is just a store dedicated to hot sauce. And I have to think to myself, because there's easily well over 200 to 250 varieties in this place. How many varieties until they all start? Like I've had mesquite before. How many different versions of mesquite could there possibly be? It's like wine. People really love wine. I enjoy wine, but I think wine and hot sauce fall under the category of once you get to a certain granularity, which is probably not a word, but don't don't at me. Don't don't anything. Yeah, we don't can make up me. words here. Yeah, we can make We've up said words. that before, ding dong. We'll do what we want. Hot sauce and wine, I think, are of the variety of things that after a while you get too minute and no one cares anymore and you sound really annoying at your friend's brother's golf PGA tour celebrity pro am. <laughs> but can I just say to go back to the chocolate for Valentine's Day, which is the reason we're here. The part that upsets me most about the flavors you named of the variety is that 
cream is not necessary for strawberry or raspberry. Raspberry or strawberry would have been fine. No. It's the cream part in addition. Yeah. It's the compound that really freaks me out. I would have been fine with just strawberry or raspberry filling. You didn't need cream. Why do we have to include the lactose flavor alongside the fruit flavor? Is it because if we just say strawberry, we'll get the idea of like Nesquik strawberry syrup flavor? Is that what we're worried about? <laughs> that it's going to be just or strawberry jelly like why i feel like the reason they put cream on there is so that they can have it more like whipped like marshmallow but also strawberry marshmallow sounds delicious cream is not a preferred term to use please don't use it it's not a flavor either it's strawberry strawberry is a fruit and a flavor cream is a state of flavor more than anything else cream is a is a moment cream is where we are right now in the process <laughs> and if we don't if we don't play our cards right it's gonna not stay that way for very long because of how dairy works but i agree that the idea that we're gonna just stick with i think because strawberries and cream was such a flavor in things but i don't know unless we're at wimbledon which you and i have not gone to in ages which i wanted to talk about ever since i whipped that eight ball at serena's head they're like you can't be here for some reason I'm like i don't know why <laughs> it's it's you were the billy jean king of that moment she's a goat she can handle it this is why a athletes challenge themselves and before serena listens to this i just want to say i do apologize and i know you're coming after me and all i can say is i'm ready we're both ready william sisters serena and venus yeah. we are non-athletic non we don't play tennis and I didn't see King Richard. So I don't know where we stand on this. I watched Either way, um, I'll tell you where I stand. And it's on having a card for the podcast. Okay. You Bobby, you ready to go? While you are uploading that bad boy, I'll just remind our ding-dongs here that you can look at the card yourself by subscribing to at GreetingsPod on Instagram or at GreetingsCast on Twitter. By all means, have a look-see, enjoy, let us know what you think, and of course, we appreciate it if you rate and review us on iTunes, even if we got a bad review. Sometimes you need a bad grade to learn what you did wrong, feel your mistakes, own them. And then we will downvote you to hell somehow. I don't know exactly how. We'll find you. Amen. We'll find you on social media. Amen, Anyone's brother. available. Bobby, whenever you're ready, let me know when you are. Okay. Well, what has drawn me in immediately are the eyes. These are some deadlight Stephen King, Pennywise the Clown <laughs> deadlights here. Yeah. Listener, for those of you out there, if you can hear me, heed my warning. We are looking at a couple, a man and a woman in a car, and they seem to be driving into perhaps a sunset or some light source because... On their face and reflected on the front of the car is a somewhat orangey red color. It looks sort of like a sunset. And the rest of the palette is blue. So it's got like a blue-orange tint. They are dressed in presumably nice-ish clothes. There's a scarf and a button-down. But their eyes, these people, have absolutely dead fish eyes. And yeah. it's really distracting me from the rest of this car. Dan, is this the first thing you noticed when you saw this thing <laughs> sitting in the shelves? The dead eyes did not help at all. I think those definitely struck me as I was perusing the many greeting cards of Valentine's Day. Also, the fact that with their sort of posed in perpetuity sculpture eyes, their faces are both situated in such a fashion that they are in synchronicity with each other they're very parallel in their emotions because you know another artist might try to make them slightly different but if you look their eyes are the same their mouths are the same their eyebrows are perched exactly the same their noses are different but it's like 
they're both and obviously it's a stylistic choice but there's no denying there's an uncanniness with the fact with how alike these two are they both have butt chins too which i think is an interesting choice as well yeah they both got like kind of a clefty butt chin yeah exactly maybe that's how they found each other there is a very particular dating app for that oh well uh maybe we'll, we'll log on later and see try our luck yeah, I, I'm on one for Romanesque noses. Mine is just long enough that I get into some of the better dating apps. Yours is a Romanesque like, hey. nose. It belongs on a denarii somewhere found in a, a, some sort of coliseum that has been just uncovered by archaeologists. Look at this poorly made coin. What is that? Two stags sharing an ice cream together on the back? You could barely get yourself a couple of poorly made fried dormice in a basket for that. Look at all the prunes you done got. I would say the nose, and this is a cartoon I should have mentioned earlier. This is a drawn version of, of a man and a woman in a car. Oh, yeah, this is a cartoon. These, are, these aren't two live people these that are not, are insulting. Yeah, these are not real people. but That would feel meaner if they were. But they play ones in real life. Yes, of course. The man's nose, too, I just wanted to point out, is that kind of nose that only someone who's as bad at drawing like me could draw. And just with the dead eyes and the open fish mouths, and his nose kind of has... It's got slits for nostrils, which I understand, but yes. it looks vaguely tentacular. And so I'm getting a real eldritch horror notion from this card because they're driving into some sort of light source and they have the expression on their face that the Nazis have when they open the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark right before all the spirits turn into ghosts and their face melts off. There's a lot of like that. It's beautiful. And then ah! they're, they're all like anybody who ever looked at the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. They have that <laughs> yes. same look about them as they're as they're staring into the orange abyss. And you're right about the guy's nose. It's so pronounced because it was a, if it was a little bit more flat it would more remind me of like i don't know for some reason the first thing that comes to mind is like a cartoon from like hey arnold or something like one of the characters yeah, from hey arnold i see that it's also humongous short... in scale too it's it's very big compared to the rest of it's his a, face yeah and, and and compared to the other individual the uh the female individual that is driving the car has a much smaller nose so but you're right the nostrils and center what do they call this the bridge of the nose is so pronounced that yeah we're, we're nearing a dr zoidberg look to it and <laughs> i think having the orange color also doesn't help as well there's a a lot not working in this individual's favor but besides that pretty you know meat and potatoes he's got a button-down shirt going on a uh, crisp what's the guy's name from uh, American Psycho, is that what I'm thinking of? Oh, uh, I only know it's Christian Bale. I don't know the name of the character. Yeah, Christian Bale character from American Psycho. That's the one. Yeah, he's got yeah. like that sort could, of, yeah, he's got that crisp name. Wall Street hair. Yeah. yeah, neither could I. Christian Bale is Christian Bale character in American Psycho. Christian Bale is himself in American Psycho. Stay for the greeting, uh, stay for the business cards. <laughs> I was in stay for the greeting cards. Although, would it be funny if we could find a way when deep fakes get better in the next three months? Because I'm imagining it's just going to skyrocket in technological capability. We can take that scene where they're all showing the business cards to each other, and ours can just be different greeting cards. And we can talk about the fonts and who made it, and everyone's getting angry at each other. Oh, Boy, I can't. Fun movie. I can't wait. If we're going to destroy the fabric of reality, we might as well have a good time doing it. Exactly. Might as well enjoy it while we still got time, because the next five years are going to be real grody. And I did not read the dialogue box. Dan, which are... Oh, there's so much more to discuss. There's so much more to see here. And the dialogue boxes are written sort of like a comic book. And it begins with, if I read from bottom to, excuse me, top to bottom, it begins with the woman asking, where do you want to eat? And the man says, oh, I'm fine wherever. And the woman says, okay, how about that burger place? No, not there. What about the pizza place? No, someplace else. Scene. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's Beautiful, the first page. Beautiful, poignant, 
Exactly. Chapter one. Thanks, parents, for coming to my one-act play. That was all, and I appreciate that we're going to be going to Junior's for cheesesteak, uh, cheesecake later. And for cheesesteak. We're going to order the cheesesteak, and they're not going to have it. we got to get out of, out of here. The auditorium is going to be used by the B-Team Color Guard, and they are handsy. <laughs> Hey, guys, I'm sorry. You really can't hang out in front of the theater. We get noise complaints all the time. You really got to go. The stage manager says, well, getting his first cigarette of the night because he's just been waiting in the back to really get that American spirit in him. I this card interested me because there is clearly a rudimentary conversation happening. And it's something that really strikes deep in all of us talking about what was the word you used? Aggressive empathy, where we've all been there. Violent unable empathy, to, I think is what I said. Thank you. Violent. My apologies. A violent empathy, a, a near murderous empathy, where we feel this desire to give a person the carte blanche, the decision to make whatever decision they want, maybe because we're indecisive people. I know that's a problem that I deal with. But at the same time, there is something deep inside of us that has desires and preferences but we're very ashamed and afraid to bring it up and therefore it never comes up and then you find yourselves in conversations like these where you say that you're down for whatever but really you're you're not and this is completely juxtaposed with their orientation of their eyesight and their bodies and they're like looking up I and the shading of the orange over the blueness of the environment around them. I'm assuming this is more evening time after work or maybe like just around dinner time where the sun's gone down and there's some orange catastrophe in front of them. I am reminded of the what do they call it? The toxic event by White Noise by Dom DeLillo. <laughs> the movies come out where something's happening and we're all just watching the evil happen in front of us. So, but they're still having a very casual conversation about what food they're going to have. And I don't know, it it struck me. It kind of felt like a ham-fisted metaphor for the doldrums of day-to-day life surrounding by, uh, interrupted by the horrors that can happen at any given moment. It felt like something that Daniel Klaus would have written in one of his graphic novels or something like that. Like it would have been a scene at a ghost world. I am intrigued by this card. Because I have had this conversation, I have been on both sides of this conversation, and I think you're right. There is the sense of someone wanting to be gracious to their partner or to their friend and offering them the chance to pick where they want to eat, and the other person just wants a decision made. But for some reason, we as a society have decided that it is not polite to just make decisions. So the real trick of being a good human i guess is to read the other person and decide what they want and it's really hard to get to that level of intimacy it doesn't have to be partners sometimes friends go through the same thing and this card they despite do. the orange supernova that i can only imagine <laughs> is happening in the second page is actually hitting on a conversation that i think a lot of couples or lovers could relate to uh, oh absolutely i feel like this is prominent in a lot of relationships and not one that anyone should feel, I don't know, ashamed of. You should be better at making a decision, I said to myself as I say it in a microphone. That is, <laughs> this is part of my therapy for it. But I just thought it was very funny that there is this dichotomy, or uh, that's not the proper word. I just thought it was funny that- Juxtaposition, perhaps, this, would be the-, the I guess yeah. that, yeah, I guess I'm just going to keep overusing that yeah, word. Yeah, why not? Juxtaposition yeah. between, sure, let's do it. The Between what conversation they're having and the- sort of like you said eldritch horror that's probably coming out some kind of ancient deity in front of them and that i don't know if again that's supposed to be like some deep collegiate point if that's something that and also between that and the animation itself it felt more like it was designed for an indie zine or like an indie comic 
the fact that I found this on like a greeting card felt very strange. Like mm. this didn't feel mass produced. This felt like something a cartoonist made on their free time when they weren't doing their boring corporate job and they were selling it for $2 at bookstores next to the other very small zines. Oh yeah, this is satire, which is to say it's not funny, but wants to be. Exactly. Anytime someone says that they write satire, and I have done it too, what I hear is, well, this isn't going to make me laugh at all, is it? This is going to be something I'm supposed to stroke my chin and say, hmm, yes, indeed. And if you laugh at it, you clearly didn't understand it. So you've created comedy that is ergonomically designed to not be enjoyed as comedy. It sort of does not fulfill its role. But I don't know if it's necessarily poignant either because only so many people are not going to get it. So if people are going to get it because you've laid it on relatively thick, unless because nowadays with the problems we have with news and the sensationalism that's sort of happening satire doesn't even feel like something that's really done that much anymore <laughs> that feels like it's an art that needs to take a little break i don't know what we do because i remember when veep ended and the creators were saying how do we do satire and parody when we live in a satire and parody of what we used to be and it's a good question yeah i think all those shows ended at about the right time because now it would they would have just come into real creative barbs they wouldn't have been able to find the right place to make a hard decision about what's considered satire or what people are going to take very seriously Shall I juxtapose to the next page? I'm just going to keep using it. I that. wish you would. Let, let us juxtapose there together. And so far, if I had to describe this card as a Roman emperor, I'm getting a Tiberius vibe, maybe a Nero, you know, with like a like a, a Vespasian rising in the third house of Titus. Like, you know, something early period, like not not the not the Julio-Claudian dynasty, but shortly after that. You know? We've we've yet to reach the five good emperors. We are not anywhere near sort of the the later Hadrian or ones that would get us more into like the Byzantine. So we've got some time. Yeah, we have some. And those are, you know, people who say that that Nerva is their favorite emperor. I'm just like, you're just, you know, oh yeah, name three aqueducts he built. You know, like you're not a real fan. True or false, he killed his mom. I mean, you know, like tell us if, it, if that actually happened. Yeah, we're real hipsters when it comes to the Roman emperors. Oh. We demand full knowledge of them or none at all. If you're okay? not into I, I the Severines, wrong. I mean, you're not even really a fan. <laughs> oh, I bet you don't even know when uh, Britannia was invaded, do you? Mm. But you wouldn't even know how many seashells we brought back. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Late listeners, look it up. Look up the seashell story for Caligula. It's a, it's a look up the seashell story and also look at the walking on water story. Both of them are of my favorite emperor myself, Caligula. Which that also in itself is a cheat. I think people like Caligula just because he was the most batshit. But I think it's just funny to see how productive he was for a short amount of time and how insane he was for the rest of it. And Praetorian Guard themselves were just like, no, it's time to end. We can't we can't keep. They really did do a a hostile takeover after a while. They said, wow, this could get really bad. And it is bad, but it's going to get worse. So let's take care of it. Oh, it's going to get worse with Nero. But, you know, we got to just keep the bad flowing. That's the thing. If the water keeps going, then maybe sometimes the bacteria will run out. And this is, I think, this part of the card is a great time to talk emperors. It's a great time to bring up, you know, your favorite aqueducts. It's your favorite. It's your great time to talk about the sort of isolation of the latifundias. You know, the things you talk about with your bros, your buddies, your friends. Yeah. This is the good space. Yeah. It's a se- the second page is blank. You know, you take a breather. You, you, you haven't yet revealed the horror that they're staring at or indeed have you. Have they driven into the white and now they're just gone? I won't know until I turn the page. But in the meantime, I will think about the fact that Titus finished the Colosseum, but was only emperor for two years, giving way to his brother Domitian, who would later be assassinated, ushering in the era of the five good emperors. And Dan... Thanks for being here with me for all of that. I'm very happy to be here. I didn't have much else to do. 
I carve a lot of time out for these episodes. Oh, that's grand. I think I haven't spoken to my parents in a bit, but I'm like, I've got to work on the podcast. Dan slaves over a hot modem bringing you this trash every single goddamn week. Guys, great must is a must. So you have to get it while you can. I don't care. Just cut it with water. It's better than the actual water because it's not that clean. Yeah, very true. Uh, So we have a blank second page here. So nothing more to say. I've covered my empress, but maybe we'll see a return later. I'm going to page uh, numero trace. Oh, this is, uh, this is, is, and now I feel bad for all the the horror I I brought up in the first page. (laughs) No, I'm still happy we did, but keep going. Okay, so uh, to remind the listener on page one, we have the orange supernova, eldritch horror, possibly a big McDonald's sign that's glowing orange. The couple says, where do you want to eat? I'm fine wherever. Okay, how about that burger place? No, not there. What about the pizza place? No, someplace else. And then on the third page is a white background with black font. It looks vaguely typewriter-ish. I don't know the name of the font, but the phrase is, as long as I'm with you, I'm where I want to be, period. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that is... I'm, I'm humbled a bit. I feel like when the Grinch realizes that the Who's are still going to sing after <laughs> he's stolen all their presents and is going to toss their tree off a mountain. That's how I feel. You've come to the conclusion that it's perfectly okay to come on down, give everybody their presents, and you can cut into a strange creature called the Roast Beast, which is a terrible name for a dinner. You should come up with something a little bit nicer sounding than that. Yeah, it was a little odd that Dr. Seuss made the point of saying the Who has hunted the Roast Beast to extinction. That was a strange way to end a children's novel. They had a special preservation ground where they would hunt whatever's left of the roast beast and they would just basically take one that would feed the entire town for their Christmas celebration and that was enough to keep them satiated even though the Grinch himself would not consume it but yeah that 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 would just about do it he got he got really into sort of all of that after uh, Silent Spring got printed <laughs> I this last page this just comes off it's interesting because you're saying that this sort of warmed your heart and gave you great empathy for me violent empathy let's call it for me it brought <laughs> for me it brought violent uh, is the word omnition i felt very ominous when this i got to this page dread it felt perhaps or dre- a little... that's probably what it was i i got judge dread with it i very much <laughs> felt like i was in mega city one that i was eating scum to be ugly some other dread lore i can't think of right now but with this ending it felt like an acceptance of fate and defeat with wow. partnering wow. and i don't know if it felt like love now please stop me bobby if the full grinchiness of my valentine's day thoughts have come to fruit but for the listener for the ding dong as bobby described we're talking about a plain crisp white paper background black font typewriter font so in many of these cards we have dipped from quality of design and artisticness all the way down to nothing Mm -hmm. as we've seen in other cards before and this doesn't even get like an exclamation point at the end so it says i'm where i want to be and it's just like a period they've even went out of their way to make it a period and then at the end happy valentine's day is no exclamation point either there is no dynamism with this last one there is no sparks or electricity and I'm not to say that everybody's Valentine's Day traditions have to involve that. Sometimes people like a nice, muted, subtle celebration between two loved ones. And I do appreciate that as well. But for all that you gave me artistry-wise at the beginning, you're going to end it with that? That's that's a cold fish, my friend. That's a dead tuna. You're going to end it with just 
it feels like you don't want to be here. It feels like it feels like <laughs> you're here because you just are. It's the it, in that way it feels like a Dan Klaus graphic novel again because it's like, hey, I'm here and it's where I am and I'm not going anywhere else because I don't want to. That that is the thesis of this card in my opinion. That sometimes love is the place you are because it's convenient. <laughs> this is a good time to mention that Dan Klaus will be on the podcast next week to discuss this card he didn't make. So everyone mark your calendars for that. We're going to make him specifically talk to us about the graphic novel Pussy because it's a fun name. It's a, it's a grand name. You know... Makes me giggle. Upon reflection, Dan, I do see where this card does give... Artistically, this card certainly gives up, no question. But if you follow even the dialogue, so if someone says to you, how about that burger place? No, not there. What about the pizza place? No, someplace else. And then the response is, as long as I'm with you, I where I want to I'm where I want to be. Happy Valentine's Day. My next question, as you know, as I said, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, I would say, but I still don't Same. know where we're eating. So if you could just yes, make a yes. decision, that would be great. We haven't gotten to the meat of the matter, which is where are we literally buying meat, which is where are we literally eating dinner. It doesn't have to be meat either. It could be pizza. The point is you have not answered my question because if that was the response, if the response was, well, where do you want to go tonight? Oh, we could go here. Oh, we could go here. Listen, as long as I'm with you, I'm where I want to be. That's nice. But our sedan doesn't have food. So we need to think of another place. The only thing in our cup holders are used napkins and a Tic Tac that's been there since we got the car. We need sustenance. All I have is the Weezer Blue Album CD that is very badly scratched and a lipstick. I don't know why I have that. I have the last Altoid Citrus Punch Mints, whatever they called those before they went out of style. I didn't want to throw them away. What else I got in here? I'm just I think in the my... back seat from when we took your cousin's kid to the aquarium, there's some broken Cheez-Its that maybe we could feast on. But I really would like to go to Chick-fil-A. And you said I could pick. So I think we're going to Chick-fil-A for our Valentine's Day. We are going there because unless you want to eat every expired registration card that I have kept in the glove box, because for some reason I feel like it's important to keep the old ones after getting the new one, then we are going <laughs> to the drive through chicken spot. I do the same thing. Like, what if a cop oh, yeah. asked if I was registered to drive in 2018? How will I prove it unless I keep these cards? Even when you have the new one, right? You're just like, well, certainly he's going to ask for the old ones. So I have to, I have to keep them. I also think I was afraid to throw out any registration because my car was just so terrible that I wanted to show the legitimacy of its lineage. I wanted to show, make no mistake, this car has been registered for years, okay? This isn't some flash in the pan hoagie. This is a card or a car. This is a car that has proven itself time and again. And I also really needed it because I didn't get it inspected for like four years. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, this card really pulls a Diocletian here. It's really, you know, the first half is the the Eastern Roman Empire, the rich part, the part that makes it into the Byzantines. And then the latter half, the latter third, rather, is the Western part, you know, invaded by the Goths, the Visigoths, the Angles, the Jutes, the Saxons, you know, the, the, the Lombards. It just sort of gives up and it doesn't have quite the flair of the first part. Now, the sentiment I still think is at least superficially touching but right it doesn't it would make me mad i would have <laughs> I, I would have empathetic violence not not violent empathy if someone if i asked someone where do they want to eat for valentine's day and they said as long as i'm with you i'm where i want to be and i would say but the way i'm showing you my affection is by asking you where do you want to eat food and i will provide it for you as someone who is as indecisive as i am and and, and has been on the giving end of this terrible situation 
there are a few things that give us empathetic violence, quite like a standoff as to deciding where we're going to go and very specifically where you're going to eat, because now we're suffering the hunger pangs as we are having this conversation. So we are going through the hangry system and you are deciding now to be indecisive. So regardless of the intention of this card like oh isn't it cute that couples fight about or not even fight how couples are indecisive of where they want to eat but it's something you get away with with a significant other because you love them enough i can think of like 18 other scenarios that would be a lot cuter to display with this art and this design than the one where it's like i am driving down the highway we only have one exit left and then after that as we know the parkway just goes right into what is known as the great abyss there are no uh citizens of the great abyss but all we know is there is you can't turn off there's no jug handle so we need to decide now are we going to the chick-fil-a exit are we going to the popeye's exit are we going to the church's chicken exit we really only have fried chicken places i'm not against that because they all taste slightly different but you have to tell tell me which one it is you do have to pick yes you must you must choose but choose wisely and then they say bojangles and it's like oh but that's after the abyss we have to cut through the abyss to get there uh, i don't want to turn around on route 70 i can't do it it runs right through the abyss you can't find a u-turn for the life of you i can't because I, you 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 glide right through it and you're just reminded of every time as a child when you didn't have the right crayon to color in and you just think to yourself life isn't fair it's not for me by way of your comment before this does feel like a don Dom DeLillo or Don DeLillo, excuse me, which one is it? Don, I think it's Don DeLillo. Don DeLillo, pardon me. Uh, Don DeLillo novel adapted by Terrence Malick because it's just got like this, yes. this like, I'm fine to eat wherever. What about the pizza place? No, someplace else. And then there's just a white flash and then there's just this voiceover or this card that goes, as long as I'm with you, I am where I want to be. Happy I love his books, but there is no denying that he definitely writes privileged people having existential crises. And he writes it in a way that's very engaging, but this would be the type of baloney that would last like half a chapter. Like, it, I believe in White Noise, they actually did have like discussions of where they were going to go eat in a mall before the toxic event happened. I admit, so I, I tried to read White Noise and it didn't really grab me. Although he wouldn't be the first author to, you know, have a thing. You know, Stephen King, Spooky Things in Maine, Philip Roth, Jewish Kid in Newark has problems. You know, like they all kind of had their their, their ballywicks that they, they dealt with. Catherine Dunn, Terrible Childhood, going around, you know, camping in places, talking a lot about poop. There is a, you know, every author has their thing. Every author has their thing. And I feel like this is a thing potentially from one of his or or either way. It's just there's something... That strikes me as not being discussed in a way it almost feels at, between the fact that I can't write this off as a empathetically peaceful card an empathetically charming card. I can only come come off it with empathetic violence and therefore it has like this deeper meaning because it talks it's like I'm getting a short novel on settling and compromise but also frustration but also looming terror as we are both staring into the sky for what the orange dream may come what the orange dream may come by richard matheson again with uh, illustrations by terry gillum he's not a illustrator but we'll give him a shot yeah yeah he's a, he does his best just like we should do as best as we can in my opinion to figure out where this belongs on the fridge and i feel like i am going to be Tested here because I think the front is very nice. But Bobby, where would you put this on the fridge? Despite my earlier comments, I do feel like this card has a good heart. And even if it's sort of unclear, it strikes me as 
one of the first Valentine's Day cards you might try to give somebody because the, the sentiment is there, but the logic and the through lines. This feels like a first draft kind of card where you knew what you wanted yeah. to say and there was a joke somewhere in there, but you're just not a writer and you're just not Don DeLillo and you never will be. And it's okay. You don't have to be Don DeLillo. It would have helped. don't have to be him. It would have helped. Don't get me yeah. wrong. If You we you wrote a lot of books. We would have preferred it if you were Don DeLillo, but you're not. And that has to be no. okay. So Why she's not calling you back. It's why she's not calling you back. It's why <laughs> she never called in the first place. It's why the phone is off the hook and she still has a rotary phone, which is, you know. And I, by she, we mean Harper Collins, that's who right. has a rotary phone. Yeah. Harper, come back. Harper, come back. <laughs> please that was the third to kill a mockingbird book it was harper comeback <laughs> it was just it was just about harper lee's life it was not even to kill a mockingbird hard. ghost out of watchman harper come back and then uh, harper takes manhattan because shortly following that one i loved i loved that harper takes manhattan harper treasure island was really good <laughs> harper christmas carol harper yeah encino man harper <laughs> harper 2018 which was the same title as the original and they just really you know they they, they upgraded yeah. it. jamie lee curtis was great in that one i love that one uh harper which is just shrek that's just <laughs> their version of shrek <laughs> i would put this card bottom middle <laughs> bottom middle yeah. okay so bottom middle i'm gonna keep it's, it's, i i think it's got a, it's gonna have a good message in it i think it doesn't offend me i think it's got a decent heart so bottom middle i won't see it often but when i do i think i'll smile i like that yeah it, it's, it's enough where you can see it and it's not distracting you from the other cards on the fridge but it still deserves its place it, it, it carved out a little spot for itself i am with you on that one i feel like this card took me to a little bit of a journey in that in no way did I think this was the kind of emotion or situation that I found very romantic. And then before I thought it was very silly to put on a card when I saw it initially. But what struck me was this tableau that I was presented. It was something that was at one point ominous and gloomy, but the other end poignant. And maybe I'm just so desperate to find meaning in these cards now that I'm just kind of laying on my own insecurities and desires on it but i don't think there's anything wrong about that because that's sometimes what art does it allows you to paint the canvas as you see fit and why are greeting cards any different than books i haven't read or paintings i haven't seen or certain hot dogs from chain big box stores that everyone says is really good that i haven't eaten because let's face it i'm not that into hot dogs or produce you haven't fondled i have never fondled a durian fruit when will i do it i hear it smells bad i've had durian cheesecake and i thought it was fine it was like someone accidentally put some mushrooms in a pineapple cheesecake and i was like what's well, not atrocious so i guess i'll keep eating it a benign mistake. A benign mistake. Hey, how did how did you know what was on my onesie when I was a baby? Um, <laughs> that's what they they had it stitched on my onesie from ages zero to thirteen. A benign mistake. Oh, well, this, I, I can't this... think of a better way for our empire to come crashing down than with the benign a benign mistake. <laughs> Before we have a dream about a shield with a cross on it and convert to Christianity, let me just go ahead and keep with the Olympians for one last breath and say that this card deserves to be pretty close to yours, Bobby. I think the art's fun. It makes me think. Not everything makes me think with these cards, but that's nice. But maybe I shouldn't think too much. I'm just trying to get oat milk for Christ's sake. So I'm going to say bottom left, just under the fridge door handle. I when I want a moment to reflect, I will enjoy it. And then I'll remember, no, I have Klaus's graphic novels. I can just read one of those and I will go back to those. But it's nice to be reminded and remember that sometimes love 
is just arguing in a car. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. And while you're out there, whether you're arguing in a car or trying to keep a hold of your bloated empire that, let's face it, wasn't even nearly as big as like three other ones, we ask you to keep our tiny little kingdom alive by subscribing to us at GreetingsPod on Instagram or at GreetingsCast on Twitter. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference. Thank you all for joining us here this time. Bobby, do you have a decree for the citizens of Greetingstopia, which is what I'm calling our empire? I, I have just a plea, which is to say, thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us your favorite card. Tell us your favorite Roman emperor. Everybody's got one. Don't be shy. We want to hear about them all. Yeah. And if it's one of the later ones, that'd be cool. Which one is your actually your favorite, Bobby? Oh, well, I'm a Vespasian man because, you know, he brought the empire back from the brink after the year of three emperors. You know, he he balanced the budget. He started building the Colosseum, the famous one. And he just seemed to not want to marry his sister, declare himself a god, and kill people by putting a thousand cuts on their arms. You know, he just sort of balanced out the sheets, as it were. Okay, there's not there's no reason to dig at the one that I think is my favorite, okay? Yeah. There wasn't a reason to go like that. His name means Little Boot, yeah. because when he was hanging around with Tiberius as a little boy, they called him Little Boot. <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite Beatle? John John McCartney? Yeah. No, we, 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 John we, McCartney. We've seen it all before, all right? Get with R- it. Ringo, get Ringo Galaxy. <laughs> Jonathan Lemon, and finally, George Harriman, the four Beatles of the apocalypse. Bye! They call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom chick chicky boom Yes, sir, I'm Cuban feet. I'm the craze of my native street. When I start to dance, everything goes chick chicky boom chick chicky boom Tiddlywinks and parody dinks. If you answer my riddles three, you'll learn that I was on the grassy knoll that day.